What's going on, guys? Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net, and welcome to this episode of The Breaking Point. We're going to cover the 2023 U.S. Open Women's Final between Coco Goff and Arena Sabalenka. To find out how this match was won, stay tuned. Coming up next. All right, so before we take that deep dive, let's give a little context to the players coming into the event, right? Goff had an overall record of 38 and 13 coming into this US Open, having done a very good job in the summer hardcourt season. She came in winning a 500 level title in Washington, D.C., and followed that up with another win of a thousand level event in Cincinnati. She was feeling very good playing excellent tennis and only dropped one set in those two tournaments combined. She also had a nice win in that event in Cincinnati over Sviatek in the semifinals, so her confidence level had to be very high coming into the U.S. Open. Sabalenka came into this event ranked number two in the world, had a good showing at Wimbledon, making the semifinals there. She did not win a summer hardcourt series event this summer, but she has an overall record coming in of 44-10 and 10 and only dropped one set leading up to this final against Goff in the U.S. Open. And if we just look at the head-to-head of these players coming into the match, right? Goff leads the all-time head-to-head coming into this match 3-2, with Sabalenka getting the last victory at 2023 in Indian Wells in a relatively straightforward straight set match. All right, so let's jump in now into the first set and see exactly how this match was won and lost. Sabalenka was hyper-aggressive in this match from her serve to her forehand to her backhand. We know she likes to play everything sort of ballistic and hit the ball extremely big. She's looking to essentially just kind of overpower you on the court. In this event, she really wasn't challenged until she played Madison Keys in the semifinals and Keys could defend, but also match her power-wise a little bit better and not be completely sort of bullied off the court and intimidated by Sabalenka's big play, right? Keys was the only person who really pushed her up to this point until she faced Goff. Now, Goff tends to play a lot more defensively than Keys, so it's a different matchup playing Keys than it is Goff. So it was interesting to see Sabalenka's power going against somebody in Goff who's a little bit more of a defender than somebody who's hyper-aggressive. So in the first set, Goff started down an early break, right? Sabalenka jumped all over her with that massive forehand and backhand. And the pattern that Sabalenka sort of isolated within this match, especially in the first set, was really her forehand cross-court to Goff's forehand. Now, Chris Everett was commenting during the match about Goff's grip being more of a Western-style grip and how she has a little bit of problems on that side. And Sabalenka went to that side consistently over and over again and was getting Goff to make a lot of errors and forcing a lot of errors from that side. Sabalenka forced Goff into five forehand errors in the first set alone, and then she had a pile of unforced errors to go along with that. So clearly the game plan for Sabalenka in this match, right, was just to basically isolate that forehand as much as possible and try to break it down. And if something came open to the Goff backhand, then she would go there. The problem with going to the Goff backhand, if it's not more of an offensive shot to Coco's backhand side, is she can be very aggressive with the backhand, get great length, open up the court, open up the width of court, and really do damage to you with her backhand if you give her a look or give her an opportunity to do so. Sabalenka was also the better returner in the first set, right? She wasn't just better off the ground and especially the forehand side. She won 57% of the points receiving Coco Goff's serve and Goff was only able to win 41% of the points against Sabalenka. So Sabalenka was hitting more effective returns, returns that were doing damage to Goff, returns that were forcing short balls and forcing Coco into a lot of mistakes, especially on the second serve return. And even early on in the second set in this match, it looked like it was going to be sort of a runaway freight train for Sabalenka, but Goff was able to use her athleticism 
and her intelligence on the court. It was really a combination of those two things together to start to slowly turn this around. In the early part of the second set, Sabalenka was still dominant. She looked like she was going to finish this match off relatively quickly in straight sets like she did in Indian Wells. But here, things got a little bit different. Goff played a little bit more within the sidelines, started to create less angles for Sabalenka to work with, and tried to bait Sabalenka into a lot of low percentage shots, especially on the forehand side. And Sabalenka in this situation reminded me a little bit of Ben Shelton's tactics against Djokovic in the men's semifinal or sort of, I'm going to try to hit through this person over and over again. And if that doesn't work, I don't really have a plan B. So Goff played amazing and incredible defense, especially starting in the second set, got her forehand locked in a little bit more. So started to cut down on some of those errors where Sabalenka was really attacking her and got Sabalenka to start hitting a lot of low percentage shots from positions where she probably shouldn't have forced the issue. She should have worked the point a little bit more instead of pulling the trigger so early. And if we look at the overall match stats, we can see this, right? Sabalenka with 25 winners in the match, Goff hit only 13 winners in the match. So Sabalenka basically doubled up Goff's winners in this match. But if we look at the unforced errors, that tells the true story, right? Sabalenka hit 46 unforced errors in this match, 32 of those coming in sets two and three. She had 14 of those in the first set. And Goff hit just 19 unforced errors in this match. After the first set, Goff really cleaned up the unforced errors and really locked things down. And once she proved she could play sort of that Djokovic brick wall style. At that point, Sabalenka got very frustrated. I think she was stunned by a lot of the shots that Goff was getting to. And at that point, she got frustrated and started to take very low percentage cuts with a lot of pace and just started missing a ton of balls. There was even a point in the third set where it seemed like Sabalenka tried to rein back the power just a little bit, right? Realizing, hey, if I don't do something, if I don't get a little bit more consistent and maybe remove a little bit of the pace here and there, I'm probably going to end up losing this match and essentially giving it away because of the great defense that Goff was playing. And then Goff, again, also starting to step up a little bit on her ground strokes and insert a little more pace when Sabalenka gave her some chances. So Sabalenka tried to rein it in here and there on a few shots, but she didn't look comfortable doing it. So she really didn't have a stable and steady plan B. And once plan A was ineffective, right, sort of like Ben Shelton in the men's semifinal, it sort of became Goff's match to lose at that point. And Sabalenka looked very frustrated and just sort of lost as to what to do out there. Also, some really interesting stats on first serve speed, right? Goff averaged a little bit higher first serve speed than Sabalenka in this match, 107 miles an hour compared to 106. It was the second serve where Sabalenka had about a 10 mile an hour average second serve speed increase over Goff. But Goff first serve wise was very solid. She pops that first serve really well and it wasn't getting picked on at all by Sabalenka. So after this tournament, Goff becomes now the number three player in the world after having won this US Open and Sabalenka rises all the way up to the number one spot with Sviatek dropping down to number two. Something that was really interesting in the post-match interview with Goff that I found really interesting, sort of the Michael Jordan effect, was that she said after she won her 500 tournament in Washington, D.C., and even after she won the 1,000 event in Cincinnati, there's a lot of people doubting that she could take another step up in those tournaments and go beyond that and win a Grand Slam. And she said part of what fueled her fire, really what kind of brought her to this point, 
were all the doubters and all the people that were creating that negativity and saying she couldn't do it. So she has that kind of hardcore athlete mentality, which is great. That Michael Jordan type of thing where, look, you tell me I can't do something and I'm gonna do my absolute best to prove you wrong time after time. So good to see that she has that mentality, especially being young at the age of 19. I also, little shout out to Brad Gilbert, right? Because since Brad has jumped on that team, as well as her other coach that was added in the summer, her results have really turned around. Sometimes it's just little things as a coach that you could tell someone that help to improve their results. I think one thing she commented on a couple matches ago that Brad told her was that she just needed to start to smile a little bit more out on the court, right? Maybe not be completely serious or have that completely serious face all the time. Just try to enjoy the moment a little bit. And she said that was something that Brad told her that was really helpful. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this match analysis of Goff versus Sabalenka in the 2023 U.S. Open Women's Final. If you found this video helpful and you want to see more videos like this on The Breaking Point, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button below. Also drop comments and leave questions that helps keep the discussion going. I'm Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net. I'll see you next time.